0: Welcome to the Hard Guy Media podcast, and we are here
1: with Brian Tyler,
2: Eric Anderson.
1: Oh, shut up, Sean.
0: Eric Tyler. <laughs> and
1: I just have a name ready, Sean Henderson.
0: Okay. <laughs> and we're gonna we're here today to one celebrate the one year anniversary of this podcast. Yeah. And uh, we did part one of the celebratory episode. There's two episodes, obviously. The first one being Fred Decker's Night of the Creeps, and this one is on Fred Decker's The Monster Squad. The
2: greatest arguably the greatest movie ever
0: made. Very arguably. There's a lot of great movies that came out in eighty seven.
2: Yeah, that's true. That is true.
0: So uh to touch on a couple things before we dive into the Monster Squad, which we have to preface that this is Mr. Eric Tyler's favorite movie of all time. Of all time, yes. Love it. So, uh, Eric, what now that we've been doing these, uh, we've been doing this podcast for a year. What are some of your favorite episodes, either that you've that you've been a part of and that you haven't been a part of, that you are, I think are some of your favorite episodes that, of this podcast that we've done.
2: Uh, well, let me start off by saying the one I think was my favorite one to listen to that I wasn't part of was, I believe, the St. Paddy's Day Leprechaun one. <laughs> <laughs> that was
0: arguably our worst podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's kind of, what, I think it was just, uh, I don't know, it was a hilarious shit show, I kind of want to say. <laughs> right? I mean, I feel like it was just uh, a lot of chaos, but no, that was probably my favorite one to listen to. There was a lot of, a lot of, uh, swearing. And uh there was a
0: lot of comedic value of that one so that's probably my favorite one. Yeah, I've noticed upon upon listening to other horror podcasts, I think we run the scarface like uh, angle with like the most swearing. <laughs> yeah and I mean I'm the culprit of that. I got a no problem saying that, but I mean we also have more banter than I feel like everybody else just kind of like talks civil civilly to each other and the rest of us like all of us, we just tear each other apart.
2: I think maybe um, we should do a, a count uh, someday of uh, of all the swearing at the end of the episode. We could just announce how many swear words there were. But yeah,
0: we should. If anybody's listening to any of these episodes, you can get a swear count on each episode. <laughs> That'd be ideal. But what are some of your favorite episodes that you've been a part of that you think were uh, some of your favorites?
2: Uh, just recently, I thought the Scream one the scream one, was really fun. Yeah, that one
0: was a blast.
2: It was all of us, and it was fun. I think me, like, one that comes to mind when it was just like me and you was uh, the Slayer one was really good as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know those are more recent. Thinking back on the older ones, probably, I don't know, the Schwarzenegger one was pretty fun, and Stephen King. It's so yeah. tough. Right, Stephen King and Schwarzenegger. So
0: but it's definitely uh it's definitely been a time doing this for sure
2: yeah it's been great And uh, plenty more to come too so absolutely but it's been it's been, uh, it's been a fun ride so far
0: so uh let's let's dive uh well actually real quick how about we just uh how about we get some of your uh thoughts on night of the creeps before we dive directly into monster squad because we already we already just discussed night of the creeps but what are some of your uh thoughts on night of the creeps
2: uh, yeah, I mean, I know we t- kind of talked about this a little bit, but I think, um, in my eyes of like the, of the time it came out, I feel like it's kind of underrated of a movie. I, don't oh, know, I, yeah. feel, like it, I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. Um, me personally, it's one of my favorite movies of that, uh, you know, that time frame, And I, just, I don't know. I love it. It's super, it's one of those just super fun, super hilarious, but I love, uh, obviously having Tom Atkins in it, who's, uh.
0: Probably his, his classics and just it,
2: another it, another Fred Decker film. So yeah,
0: I, it, but at I, least for me, maybe Tom Atkins' best role, like his most like uh, poignant role, is like what we like when we think of when I think of Tom Atkins, I immediately think of Night of the Creeps. It is his favorite movie
2: yeah. that he's been a part of. What was that? Sorry, I didn't
0: hear that. Sean said that Atkins has said that he that Atkins reveres it as his favorite movie that he's been a part of.
2: Yeah, that's probably, and like I said, that's kind of what I, and that's exactly kind of what I say when I mean underrated too, because I feel like when you talk Atkins or like Decker or like people or like that, the horror films of that, um, that time frame, I feel like you never hear about none of the creeps. So that's the first thing that comes to mind with me is underrated, but super fun movie like I said great cast with lively and uh, Tom Mack and so but another so, another
0: one that I love so we made a discovery or at least I I, I did and I brought it up on that episode was uh, cuz we always talked about like how the aliens at the beginning of the movie like one of the aliens has gone rogue and is throwing the fucking little canister of the leeches off the off the off the ship right mm mm-hmm. mhm so as I was watching it recently, I noticed that that alien is the one with the whited out eyes. So the those leeches have in, invaded his brain and that's why he's gone rogue because the other one's eyes aren't messed up like the other zombies or like the, or like the other aliens. Like his eyes are like that zombified like like clouded eye, like the the people are after their brains are invaded. So his brain got invaded by these experimental leeches that they were working with. And they were chasing him, trying to not let him get the canister out of the ship. And he, that's why he, that alien went rogue and fucking let the canister out of the ship. Wow. And where did you, is that just from watching it or? Yeah. Like I had never, I was just like, Oh, like one of these guys went rogue and he's just running away and they're shooting at their own guy. But then I, I realized when they panned to the other aliens that were shooting at this this uh, fucking this rogue uh, mischief maker, I was like, oh shit, his eyes are all fucked up. He's been invaded by the fucking zombies because their other uh, the other eyes of the other aliens on the ship were not. Hmm.
2: Yeah, something obviously I didn't uh, realize as
0: well. Well, I, like I said, I've seen the movie. I've at least seen the movie probably forty to fifty times. And I've never picked up on that prior.
2: That's crazy. How about how about BT and Sean?
0: No, I think no, I, I no. think like yeah, like those two and Lou. You guys n- never noticed it before, right?
2: Right.
1: No, has have been really super confused with the movies. Like, why is now? I this? Yeah. yeah. Now I want to watch it all over again, at least the <laughs> beginning. It, I
2: will admit it has been a while since I since I've seen that. the creeps. I do own it, but I haven't uh, I haven't watched it in quite a while.
0: Yeah, you uh, you definitely got to kick that one on for sure um but yeah like uh it's <laughs>
2: did he respond on your instagram right jason lively
0: uh i didn't i don't think i responded to him but yes jason lively did no yeah
2: like he sent you a message or like said cool or something right yeah
0: he like uh i can't remember what he said but he commented on our night of the creeps post so that was uh cool to see him uh I, did i tag him i think i tagged him and that's how he saw it
1: but that's yeah. uh that's pretty interesting that he fucking uh, commented on it so hopefully he listens you know what? I didn't even mention on the podcast the time that I met Jason Lively. Oh yeah how which, how was he in person? Oh he thrilled me. He was like <laughs> he was just a, a super cool like he came off really natural, friendly guy. Yeah
0: he seems like he would he seems like he would be one of the few that weren't jaded as most of them are. though. watch it Brian you're gonna fucking fall on your face.
1: Yeah but it just it just happens that he's like. Related to people that are yeah yeah famous like now. yeah
0: obviously yeah.
1: Blake Lively who's married to Ryan Reynolds which
0: is his sister Blake Lively is his sister right yeah
1: yeah, yeah okay or his half sister half sister whatever the shit I'd I'd call her my but
0: sister. let's do it boys let's dive dick deep in the Monster Squad yeah let's do it
1: 1987
0: Fred Decker... Uh, I mean obviously a classic we talked about how Night of the Creeps is like a classic creature feature film um, and this is a classic uh, you know re- revamp of Universal Monsters all in one shot with a modern 80's twist it's it's everything you could want in a movie from the 80's as a horror fan I, I, I think at least from my eyes because as a kid seeing it i fucking like fell in love as soon as i saw it so when was the first time everyone saw it and we'll uh we'll start with sean and we'll work our way around so sean brian myself and we'll end with et because it's et's favorite so i'm very interested to hear his uh more than the rest of ours but sean when was the first time you found monster squad um
1: i think i played on sci-fi i think i was like eight or nine and i watched it with my mom mm-hmm. was the first time i watched monster squad
0: nice
1: brian I was very, too young to remember, like, exactly which time I first saw it, but obviously it was with Eric. Yeah. I think I, every time I watched it, it was with Eric.
0: Now, I can't remember exactly the first time that I saw it, but I remember finding out what the name of it was and then renting it at the video store, and I was like, fuck. I was like, that's the fucking name of that movie. And I can't even remember, honestly, I can't remember it all how I remember finding out about the name of the movie. It might even been like on TV and I flipped to channel 22 or whatever to see the channel guide fucking rolling up. Right. And I finally got the name of it and went to the video store and found it. And, and I was just like rediscovered it. Cause I remember seeing it at even a younger age. And I think at that point I was probably like 10 or 11 or 12. Um, and I was like, Oh fuck. Yes. Like I remember this. And from that point on, like knowing what it was, it obviously wasn't out on DVD, and the the long st- the long funny little story behind it all was, I was friends with Brian, and we're talking like early to mid-2000s, and him saying that you, uh, being you, Eric, uh, had a fucking bootleg copy of it, so I was just like, oh, fuck, how the fuck did he get a DVD copy of The Monster Squad? Yeah. Yeah,
2: definitely. That was, uh, I had a bootleg copy of it. I think he got it on eBay, maybe? Uh, but yeah.
0: So what was the, what was your first introduction to the Monster Squad?
2: So I think I was like, I think I was like eight or nine and, uh, you know, right around that age. And I was, I was actually with my cousin David, we're at my aunt and uncle's house and it, it came on HBO. I remember it used to run on HBO back in the day a lot. I've heard other people say that too, that they saw it on HBO for the first time. So that was the first time I ever saw it. And like literally from then I was hooked. And then I found out that it was showing again on HBO, like, later on that night. So, uh, if you remember recording stuff with, like, a VHS team. Oh, yeah. VHS team. So, I, like, had to... You know, I was obviously young, and I didn't know where I would be able to... And where we're from, obviously. There's not a lot of places to go out and just buy more obscure films or any films at that time. Not at that time living
0: in Canister, New York, at all. Yeah,
2: exactly. So, I... You know, they had all these tapes. I grabbed a tape, and uh, and I recorded it. And I remember I had... That was, like, one of my most prized possessions was that uh, recorded over HBO version of The Monster Squad. So That's great. That was the first time. And, like, seeing it, like, that was, like, one of the first movies of, like, the horror genre, kind of, that I can recall, like seeing and like it sticking with you you know and you like actually love it and know it that was like one of the first movies that i actually like fell in love with like before that it's kind of you're kind of just watching whatever and uh but that movie was like i don't know i was just like obsessed with it so that was like the first time i recall ever seeing it was uh on hbo back in the day can
1: i ask you something yeah did i did i get you that uh bootleg dvd as a
2: gift I don't think so, but uh, I thought I did. My memory's a little shot, but uh, <laughs> you could have, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But, but I, I mean, we'll talk about the releases of it or like how it was released later. But yeah, uh, for the, I know for the longest time it was only on the Vestron. Uh, well, Vestron put it out on, on VHS, but um, obviously not the easiest thing to find back in the day. So,
0: so, um, a, and it got its release in. It was summer 87, right, Eric? Yeah, August uh,
2: 87. What, like August, uh, early August, so. Okay, so. August, it was like the 14th, I think, August 14th.
0: So you Um, made a comment about, you made a comment about the Lost Boys, like, beating, obviously being, like, the, one of the higher, uh grocers at the box office in that summer 87 so you made a comment about that so
2: i'm pretty sure the lost place didn't the lost place come out the week before that
0: it or came like, out Jul- july 31st 1987
2: yeah so that's like what like yeah that's like right before that so i'm sure a lot of people know this if they know the monster squad the monster squad was a huge bust in the theaters, like disgusting it, bust. see
0: like, i didn't i didn't know that i honestly wasn't was, even sure if it had like a a wide theatrical no. release per se
2: it caught the budget for the film was actually higher than i thought it was but it was 12 million dollar budget they had for the monster squad and yeah and it only made like a little over three million and it, was, and it was it was only it was taken out of theaters early
0: so it was, it was a big, disaster
2: yeah it was like i think um i can recall like uh hearing Fred decker saying that he like went to see it once like when it opened and there was like seven people in the theater maybe so Jesus. um it was a huge huge bust in the theaters and it was it wasn't even in the theaters for two weeks I guess they pulled it early and it had a fairly big budget I mean the movie when it um like they wanted this thing to be huge obviously so like you know you had you know you had the goonies two years before that obviously it's always a comparison, like, people compare the Monster Squad to the Goonies all the
0: time. Right, it, would, it was more of a, a horror fan's Goonies.
2: Yeah, and the, and the Goonies was obviously huge, a big success, and like I said, like, you had like, the, you know, a week and a half, two weeks before that, you had the Lost Boys, which was a huge success with the, with the Vampires and stuff, but I don't know, just the Monster Squad was a, was a huge bust, and uh, when they did the, um, you can find pictures of this online, when they did the like the red carpet or the premiere
1: of it, like there was huge stars there. Like really,
0: like
2: uh, I think you can look it up. Like Schwarzenegger was there.
0: Sean Sean brought this up recently, and I wasn't even aware of this that there was a picture taken with with Arnold and uh, Arnold and, and the cast of the Monster Squad. Yeah, there's, and you can look it up online because I've done it before. You
2: could find the pictures of like Michael Douglas is there. What Kiefer, the fuck? Yeah, like Kiefer Sutherland is
0: there. Was Decker um, dealing coke to all these guys? Like, yeah, how did they show like, up there? I've
2: definitely seen pictures of Kiefer Arnold and Michael Douglas. Like, they're like, because like uh, the people who played the monsters like actually dressed up at the premiere. Like for like the like the Carl Thibault dude. Like he like was a Wolfman, and everyone dressed up so you could. That's so sick. Really easy. And another thing, like I posted about this on the on the anniversary. Like, Adidas, Adidas, like, sponsored the film.
0: I saw that one kid, EJ's fucking, like, co-pilot, was wearing that fucking sick Adidas jersey.
2: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and if you look at the, if you watch the film, I actually rewatched it last night, but, um, throughout the whole movie, like, Sean's wearing Adidas. There's a part where he's wearing an Adidas jacket.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a part, like,
2: when they go into the town square at the end where, um... They throw, like, uh, the father gets thrown into the box of Adidas shoes. So, yeah, like, Adidas was, like, a main sponsor. So, this movie, like, definitely had a huge budget and, like...
0: It had some back. It had, yeah, it had, like, you know, some people were behind it. It It wasn't just, like, thrown out into, you know, the fucking wind. Um, like, some
2: bigger actors, the only one I know confirmed, like, I'm pretty sure Liam Neeson uh, tried out for the, the Dracula role. But he, he didn't get Damn, it. Damn,
0: that would have been but, interesting.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was obviously, like, at that time, Liam Neeson wasn't, like, huge, huge. He wasn't, like, huge by any means, but it still would be cool to look back on it, so. No. He, like he, I said, like, I think, obviously, all the intentions of really, this film, wow. a big budget, and, uh, but yeah, just just a blunder in the theaters. So. Now,
0: I, I noticed all the, watching it, obviously, uh, earlier I watched, you know, I haven't rewatched it. I haven't watched it in probably uh, two years, but... After re-watching it, I, I had kind of taken note, notice of all the Pepsi in it. And obviously, I think Pepsi was... So, I got looking and I saw that Burger King was there. And I was just like, did Burger King ever have Pepsi? And sure as shit, I look it up. And Burger King had Pepsi until 1990. Um, and 1990, yep. they switched uh, over to Coke. So, at the time, Burger King was, uh, you know... Provider of uh, beverages was Pepsi as well, and I, I saw the Pepsi in there, so I knew that there was some Pepsi uh, shit happening.
2: Yeah, there is a lot of brand.
0: Uh, Which is kind of crazy because the thing fucking bombed, and like for years, obviously horror fans have, have well, found it and loved it. Now, but it was kind of like a lost film for a while. And that's what I
2: mean. Like, I even feel like for me personally, like that movie like disappeared. Like, obviously, I, I don't remember 1987 because I was two, but. Um, and I think a lot of people say, like, the movie, like, like it hit, the, uh, what helped it a little bit from what I hear is, like, it with the VHS release, but, like, the movie pretty much after that, like, years after that, like, was dead. Like, no, I felt like nobody talked about it, but now, like, there's been, like, a crazy resurgence lately, I feel like, but, like I said, like, there wasn't a DVD release until 2007, which was, which was sick. I mean, that was a great release, a lot of great special features,
0: but. When that came yeah. out on DVD, I remember the day it came out, because I went to Great Northern Mall. And I picked that up, and uh, and the and every time I die is uh, the big dirty. I picked that up because those both came out that Tuesday, and I remember like going home and I watched all those special features on that, and I was so fucking glad that that finally happened.
2: Yeah, it was like I said, it was it was just in obscurity. Like there wasn't like it came out on LaserDisc, and then there was like a like a transferred like bootleg DVD which I had, but it, you didn't hear anything about it for the longest time, and then. 2007. They came out with the with the, the two disc, uh, the special edition one. Which I, will, I also would like to add is the head and shoulders better than the,
0: even the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray release of that film is, is
2: bare bones. They need to. I, I hate everything about it. I was actually just telling this to Jen last night. Like. There's no special features at all, and the the artwork is is trash. I don't I don't like the artwork
0: on it. I'm all. I agree with you, and I actually love that 20th anniversary edition that
1: came out in 07. I love that like newer artwork, Wait, and I'm sorry, did they they made another Blu-ray? Because I have my Blu-ray has the same artwork as that. And oh no, the features. the
0: Blu-ray that they have out that I'm aware of is like more of like a cartoon looking uh, artwork, right, Eric?
2: Yeah, it's like a. It's just, like, a cartoon artwork on the cover, and that's like, the same thing. as like, the main menu of the...
1: Of the huh. okay, so like the, like the one I Blu-ray. have must have gone out of print, and then they must have released it again. No yeah.
0: oh, shit. Who put... Do you know who put that one out, Eric? The Blu-ray that you have, that one?
2: It's, like... It's some, like, Olive film.
0: Oh, right? Olive's fucking terrible. Olive yeah. is fucking known for shit.
2: Yeah, so I'm hoping that someday it does get a better re- another release of... Uh...
0: Well, hopefully, yep. hopefully sure. someone like Arrow or yeah, yeah, oh, hopefully yeah. someone like t- Arrow or uh, Scream Factory get their hands on the rights to re-release that. Yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, around the time like, of this 20th anniversary, um, you know, you see a lot more, and I think, and they have it on the special features. You know, the horror conventions were starting to pop up And they were doing all the horror conventions And doing the panels and stuff like that And that whole horror The horror community and the the convention going Really got the fanfare And the buzz of the movie back into Like, you know Back into the spotlight to get it back in And and get people finding it And rediscovering the film
2: Yeah, 100% I think that helped And I think so there's actually a documentary that's out. Well, it's not like it's it's just doing like uh, conventions right now. Actually, Andre Gower, the that's who plays Sean in the movie, directed it, and he got together with the with the 1620 Media. It's called Wolfman's Got Nards. It's uh, just a just documentary about the film. If anybody wants to check it out, it's uh, definitely gonna
0: have to. It's good it was, though. You've seen it?
2: I haven't seen it yet because you can't like buy it. It's not online. It's just oh shit, just showing it at like different film festivals or like if they go to a convention they're showing it at different conventions so no shit uh, but if you go to the squad doc.com the squad doc.com and there's a trailer for it and uh they kind of touch on that how like because uh, so fred decker's in it and shane black obviously so they wrote it and decker directed it and then like they have some other like stars like zach Ryder, the wwe wrestler who i know sean loves is in it um Fake news. Seth, Seth Green is in it so just like talking about the film but uh Fred Decker I think on the in the trailer if you watch it says like how they didn't realize up until because I think what happened is they had like some for that 20th anniversary they did, they did a big thing at the Alamo draft house yeah I think they didn't realize like the weight that the film had had and it, like they had such a tremendous um, following. Following from that, and I think that's what kind of realized it because you really didn't see those people doing conventions before that, and now Ryan uh, Lambert, who plays Rudy and uh,
0: Andrew, Andre, now uh, yeah. they're
2: like they're all over the, the circuit now doing uh, different conventions and with the documentary out now. So, like
0: and I said, to to pop in and 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 just say that you know we went to see uh, the uh, screening of Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors that had uh, Heather Langenkamp and uh, Chuck Russell there talking and the hosts for the night because uh, what Comic-Con was that that was there that weekend? Uh,
2: Wizard World. Wizard
0: World, Wizard, Wizard World was there and Ryan Lambert and Andre Gower were the hosts for the evening for the Dream Warriors like screening. Right. So random yeah. Um, I mean, it was a treat for us because we're such huge fans of Monster Squad, yeah. obviously. That was such, such an added bonus.
2: That's, I mean, I, I still haven't yet to meet the, any of those guys. That they, haven't, they haven't done, like, a uh, we go to Monster Manias a lot, but they haven't done a Monster Mania since, I looked it up, kind of. They haven't really done one since, like, 2000, and, or right around that time, the 20th uh, anniversary of the movie, so... Um, I th- at least, from that's what I think. So I'd love to meet those guys at some point,
0: obviously. So. You would think uh, Monster Mania would uh, have their uh, shit together, and we're getting, you know, more of them here, especially for the twentieth or the thirtieth anniversary was yeah. last year. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. last year.
2: This year is thirty one years. So yeah. Um, not to sound like a nerd, but I've I've messaged uh, Phoebe, his, <laughs> and a bunch about uh. Getting those guys, and I've actually, like, not like I shouldn't say I've talked, but I've commented on Andre Gower's stuff, and he basically said that if Monster Mania, you know, he would love to do a Monster Mania, he just needs to be asked to, so.
0: There you go, Dave Hagan, if you're listening.
2: <laughs> well, I'm sure he's listening, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs>
0: I would like to hear some more from Brian and Sean about this. I feel like I'm just, I'm taking up all the time. Well, so. you're the, we're, we learned, fucking, I've learned more about Monster Squad I, I, <laughs> in, like, the last seven minutes than I think, fucking, I've ever known about... Me- I mean, I keep
2: going. Like I said, like, it's just, it, I love the film, obviously. It's, it's, it's just everything that... I don't know, like, part of the reason why I love horror, because it helps, it helps it's fun to be scared, and I, it just reminds me of my youth, you know what I mean? It keeps... And this movie's everything that I just love about, you know, like, small town, with your friends, like, super into, like, horror and monsters, and I just love it, so.
1: I just, um, this movie reminds me of one of the first times me and Eric really bonded. We both love this movie, and yeah, I mean, he introduced can, me to yeah. it instead of me introducing him to it.
0: Now, for people that don't know the Syracuse area, there's a, a theater called the Palace Theater, and I believe we all went um, and were there when they screened this in 2006, I think it was. Um,
1: yeah, we were still in high school. Right yeah, there.
0: yeah. And I remember driving out there, and I was so... Because I had not seen it in, like, a fucking a few years at least. Like, at least probably, like, six, seven, maybe eight, nine years... And I was so pumped that I was going to be able to see it in a fucking old-time theater like that. And I remember sitting up on the balcony. And that was one of the first times even I, I was, because I was just like, oh, like, oh, you know, only me and my friends like this film. And then we fucking, you know, we get there and fucking the place is packed and everyone's losing their mind during fucking, uh, ever uh during all the scenes. And when fucking Rudy lights the fucking match off his penny loafer, like. <laughs> the BT penny loafer. Yeah, <laughs> the BT penny loafer. The Paul Giamatti fucking penny lover.
1: I yeah, I re-fell in love with Monster Squad that night. I fell in love with the Palace Theater. I think that was my first time being there. Yeah, that
0: was my first time going to the Palace as
1: well. And did Jeff Meyer put that on? Uh, uh, he may have. He may have. That was before I even knew who that guy was. Yeah, I think he oh, did okay. actually. But regardless, I kiss that motherfucker. Um.
0: But, yeah, it's... Yeah, uh physically. Now, something that's funny, and I I, and I always forget it until I watch it, and because you and I are such huge Soprano fans, did you notice that Richie Aprile is one of the pilots? Yeah, at the
2: beginning, Richie Aprile. I was actually... I always forget about that, obviously, because... Uh, yeah. I don't... I, you know, you forget about the connection. But, yeah, I did. When we watched it again last night, I was going to make sure I mentioned it to you. Old Richie Aprile making his... Uh, Cutting his teeth at the freaking <laughs> the monster. monster. <laughs> I know how
0: fucking great is that.
2: That's hilarious, but but yeah, if I could, tell they were. Um, I also want to talk about like there was in 2008, um, Paramount actually bought the rights to the movie, and uh, Michael Bay's company, Planet Platinum Dunes, actually was. Uh, they announced that they were going to do uh,
0: a remake of it. We had this discussion we were talking about this. But I didn't know that he was actually like Michael Bay was involved. We made jokes about Michael Bay doing it. Well, he actually well he was it was his company,
2: but he wasn't gonna like I guess they had like a director and like um they had a director and they had like writers. But then like it kinda like they announced that, like I think like Rob Cohen or whatever was gonna like direct it and these gun guys, the gun brothers or something, were gonna not James Gunn, guys. Don't worry. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> they were going to direct or they were going to write it. But uh, and then they kind of like nobody heard anything for a while, and then they, I think like uh, I can't remember. They, then they just ended up announcing that it was just canceled. Uh, so I don't really know how far along they got with it. But
0: hopefully they don't get too far because I don't want fucking Megan Fox playing Phoebe and fucking <laughs> Shia <laughs> LaBeouf's fucking the vampire and. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's a movie that I definitely don't ever want them to touch.
2: I know uh, there's another person in the room sitting around with you guys who has seen a remake of his uh, favorite movie of all time, and he's uh, super negative about it. And uh, I'm talking about Sean with Ghostbusters, by yeah,
0: the way. Yeah, Sean is a huge Ghostbusters fan, and... You could never meet someone more negative on a remake ever than Sean on the Ghostbusters. Well, remake.
2: I don't mean to get off topic here, but let's ask. How, I mean, how do you, Jesse being such a big Pet Cemetery fan? How do you feel about the remake? Are you excited
0: or you You know what? If it's certain certain films, I think are different than others. With Pet Cemetery being like one of my favorite movies of all time, um, I'm more. Ex- I I feel more relieved because I know the cast and I know what elite. Cast casting was done with John Lithgow as Judd, Jason Clark as as Lewis Creed. I feel a lot more comforted that the fact that you know it was so done well, so well done that Hollywood knows how to handle this, and I think that the studios know who to put as Paramount specifically know who to put in charge of these films to make them successful. Right. And it's such a classic story to me It's one of King's best written stories And it's just such a creepy fucking tale And that Combined with the cast At first I was like mm, Don't ever fucking touch it Do part three and it'll be a lesser of a blow If I fucking you know It's all, all girls and they're burying a fucking gerbil And it comes <laughs> back and it bites someone's throat um, Right But I feel a lot more comforted Now that I think it came out And it was done so well um, at the same time there is like a little tiny part of me that's like, ah oh, man. But at the same time, I've had Pet Cemetery my entire life to love and revere and nothing that comes out is ever gonna tarnish my memories of Pet Cemetery when I watch that original one. When I watch the original Pet Cemetery in fifteen years, it's still gonna have that I'm still going to feel the way I did when I was seven years old and I watched that film and was scared, like, out of my fucking mind and discovered the Ramones and, you know what I mean? Like, so nothing will ever truly harm it. But at the same time, like, I feel that way with Monster Squad. I'm like, that's one movie I don't think that they could do justice. Big, big time on CGI. Because even when we were watching it just earlier tonight, Bridget commented, is that all like computer stuff? We're going. No, that's guys in suits.
2: Yeah, I was and it say, like, looks
0: so fucking good all these years later.
2: Well, that's what I want to touch on too. Is like first off that uh, Stan Winston does the makeup and everything. The special effects. I mean, he worked with Decker and Black a lot. Like he's. I mean, the guy's got his name on a lot of stuff. He did. He was Predator. He was Terminator.
1: Pumpkinhead. He they,
2: they did Predator. They did Predator. The, Predator the same year. Terminator, Pumpkin had Jurassic Park, so Edward Scissorhands. So, I mean, yeah, like that's another thing. That movie, I don't care what anybody says. Uh, the special effects in it is great. I think the monsters look great, all of them. I, I mean, I personally think they do anyway. And uh, something I actually just learned about too is uh, that there was issues with Tom Noonan's, like uh, the Dracula. Not issues, but like they couldn't make dra- because of like likeness copyright issues. They had to make Tom Noonan's, like, Frankenstein's monster look different than the classic version, I guess. Right, right. Which I think is cool, because he has, like, his own look to him, but... Yeah, um, I like that, too. uh, But I think, like, especially the Wolfman, like, some of the, like, when... I think that's the
0: best-looking Wolfman. Like, traditional, universal-type Wolfman that there is, and honestly... It looks better than the fucking Wolfman that Benicio Del Toro did. With all that money that oh, they spent yeah, that, to make it look great, that fucking simple makeup of the Wolfman in Monster Squad is awesome.
2: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I, that's what
1: I mean. I think that the special effects and the makeup is great. Like The creature from the Black is, Lagoon looks awesome. Yeah, it though. looks amazing.
2: The creature from the Black Lagoon... The mummy looks super rad. Oh yeah, like, that that, yeah. that that like it's
0: it's hard to like make a mummy look at, like scary and imposing. Like yeah, he's exactly. just a piece of shit, fucking deep fried <laughs> and wrapped in fucking toilet paper. Like,
2: and you know what is one a cool scene that shows like a really I think the cool special effects is when there's a scene where Dracula's like the bat and those guys are in like the towards the end of the movie and they're
0: in, oh like, yeah like, and he's laying there all fucked up like looking yeah, like he got like, ran uh, over.
2: Sean's father shoots him, and then he 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 goes in that window, and they go up to see him. And he's like, his face is kind of transformed back to like the Dracula face, but his body's like a like a human sized bat. I thought that was that's awesome. I think, and that's what we miss with these movies now is like, I don't know, the special effects is. I know it costs a lot more money, but it's just so it goes so much farther.
0: But let me let me just make a a comparison uh, to uh, the. Ron Howard's uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. Uh, they, when they were going to do that film, they had signed Rick Baker on to do some like appliances and stuff like that. And then they told them what they were going to do. They were literally just going to paint the skin of Jim Carrey green. And, and that's how he was going to look. Rick Baker threatened to walk off the project and said, I will not put my name on this. Or Do a fucking dick hole thing On this whole film If you do not let me create that motherfucking Grinch And the yeah. studio Luckily with their fucking balls in their mouth Had to fucking cave and said It's yours Hello. King Rick. Rick Fucking do what you do And guess what That is some of the most brilliant fucking special effects makeup In all of film ever oh. period Oh yeah
2: Well when Rick Baker tells you to do anything you do it That guy's a fucking
0: king Yeah exactly You shut the fuck up You put your balls in your mouth And you take it
2: He's, when he got fucking seven Oscars, uh, I think you can do whatever... You can say whatever you want.
0: Yeah, you're the, officially the fucking king of special effects. Yeah,
2: so...
0: But, but, but yeah, yeah, like, that is... That, that made a
1: huge difference. That movie probably would have bombed. It, it would have oh,
0: fucking yeah. tanked. Like, who the fuck wants to see a hairless Grinch?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, also, we gotta talk about uh, a, a genre darling that is in the Monster Squad, Mary Ellen Trainer.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: She's, you know, you're talking all through the house, the Tales from the Crypt episode, fucking goonies. Fucking, what else is she in? All
1: four lethal weapons.
0: All fucking four lethal weapons. What else is she in? She's in so much, and I immediately, like, every time I see her, I feel good inside. <laughs> and I don't mean that sexually. I mean, like, she, like, makes me feel, like, she has that good motherly presence, and I don't know what it is, she just...
1: Is she in Die Hard? Is she Does she Die Hard? play, like, a reporter? Is she? I'm, I'm gonna look, it, look up.
0: it up. But anyway, like, she's in that. Like, uh... What's the guy's name? Steven Mechie? Uh, May- 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 uh,
1: that plays the name? dad? Mark? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: He's in fucking Stephen King's uh, Graveyard Shift. Like, uh... He was in, like, a, a bunch of different shit. I think the he's a fucking great actor. I think he nails, like... And it's cool that they have, like, because it's a kid film, I love that they kind of deal with, like, the impending separation slash divorce in there, too. The movie has more layers than people even give it credit for.
1: Sorry. Oh, no, it really does. She but is in Die Hard and all three seasons of Roswell. I'm done. Okay. And Freaky Friday okay. with Jamie Lee oh. Curtis.
2: The movie does touch on, like, really, like, dark stuff, too, like, with... Just, like, little stuff that they add to the plot with, like, Sean's parents, like, fighting throughout the movie and talking about, like, um, going to, like, uh, counseling and then, like, a uh, scary German guy. They, like, show his, like... Um,
1: yes, his friggin' Holocaust friggin' numbers. Yeah, so, you notice you know. kids' movies back then got into some real shit, you know, sort of like what Degrassi did. Degrassi. But now, if you go see a kids' movie, maybe I'm wrong because I actually don't see a lot of kids' movies these days. Nice. They're like super oh. sugar coated. Yeah. They're
0: what Well like think about how like deep that really is when they're like when the fucking they're talking to Scary German guy and he's like, Oh yes, I've done put some monsters in my day and they show us fucking goddamn ball cost numbers. Like yeah. that's deep and dark shit. Yeah, Scary German guy saves the day. He's yeah, the motherfucker cool. was dishing out real slices <laughs> of fucking fist pies in fucking Auschwitz. <laughs> I mean uh So true, but
2: when hey, when you have the guys who wrote freaking Lethal Weapon and The Last Boy Scout, uh, writing, uh, this movie's gonna be a little dark, too, and The New Predator, I might
0: ask. Oh, I can't, I can't wait for that. I mean, you're talking Black and Decker back on fucking track, like, I'm so pumped for that New Predator. you think that's how the, 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 the,
2: like, uh, tool company, Black and Decker, got their name? They were just, like, huge... Oh my god, that's that's fucking amazing, I
0: never made that fucking association.
2: they're They're just, like...
0: Well, we need to name this fucking company Black & Decker, man. Can we do... Can we... the weapon. We'll plug plug our t-shirt venture, No Light, at the end of the episode, but I think we need to do a fucking Black & Decker rip shirt for our fucking No Light company. Oh, my God, that'd be great. I want... I just
2: said... That actually... I didn't even think about that until you literally just said the Black & Decker thing, and I was like, isn't there that uh, major tool
0: company? So... Black & Decker, Uh, making all your fucking Monster Squad fucking horror (laughs) hardware. God, that's
2: great uh so i gotta ask everyone uh, what their favorite scene of the movie is or scenes i guess if you can't pick one
0: favorite scenes well my favorite scene i have to say is probably let me think uh it's probably honestly i love I love the the scene where they fucking go to 666 Shadowbrook Road. Maybe the hardest fucking address in all of cinema. Um when they go there in the classic fucking Wolfman's Got nard scene, man. That's fucking yeah. classic. I also love when they're in the fucking treehouse and fucking and Frank's scary. Like that fucking like tugs your heartstrings.
2: I I say that scary thing to Jen all the time like I am saying. <laughs> And then last night when she saw it, she marked out when she heard the scary. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, BT and Sean, favorite
1: uh, scenes? You want us to answer together or separately?
2: Separately, please. Why? Because Sean's
1: answer is going to be saving (laughs) yours. Okay, um... We'll find out. My favorite little moment... There's so many great scenes that I can't pick one. But one of my favorite little moments. Fox
0: Photos had a two for one.
1: (laughs) That I just happened to pick up on tonight was when, like, Frankenstein, you know, the monster. But they call him Frankenstein. Yeah, he's Frank. Yeah. Accidentally snaps a nude photo of the sister. (laughs) And then, I don't know. I just thought it was really funny. Yeah. Because they're going to find that picture later on.
2: Funny story about the nude photo. That could have been
1: the ending of the movie.
2: So they do try to show that new photo in the movie i don't know if you guys remember that part. oh yeah oh yeah okay but if you freeze frame it just properly just right it's not a nude photo just yes i've done that <laughs> sorry jen jen's flipping me off right now <laughs> <laughs> but i was a young it was 2007 you know i was only like six i'm just kidding but no I'm, <laughs> I'm, i just i happen to know that it's not a naked girl in the picture which is funny but it's such a quick scene that you you can't tell unless you.
1: Hey, you know they say boys will be boys. I never connected that photo to that scene where he takes. The... Okay, that wait, makes... really? Yeah. What do you think? So Rudy so was so fucking sense? spitting no. pep pep all over like, the place for uh, Yeah, you got that. I was that pep dissecting them. Mo- okay, Sean. Okay, uh, obviously Jesse already talked about Wolfman got nards, but my second favorite scene is uh, when Horace fucking cocks the shotgun. So oh yeah, name is Horace. Yeah.
0: Can we talk about... Wait, hold on. Can we talk about how what a fucking deplorable motherfucker EJ is? Yeah, EJ sucks.
2: Fucking Kevin from fucking...
0: <laughs> from Wonder Years. Wonder Years. He was
2: in Dick in Wonder Years, too, wasn't he? So- yeah,
0: he was a little peck, peckerhead. Uh, So, we gotta talk about it. I mean, just because it's so funny and, and it wouldn't go over these days. But in the 80s, it was in... And if you're offended, uh, fuck you. Um... <laughs> Also, in the 80s, they didn't, like... The F word, and we're not talking about fuck, was... If you were the F word in the 80s, bund- you were the kid that missed the kickball in class, yeah. as Jim Burr would say.
2: He's talking about a bundle of sticks.
0: Yes, a bundle of sticks. A or cigarette. A of t- One of Rudy's
1: <laughs> cigarettes, if you will. Yeah. You said you had this fuck you if you get offended attitude, but you're only saying the F word.
0: Well... EJ drops the faggot bomb and calls yeah. the get a faggot.
2: Yeah, I was, Cassie. you know what, watching that last night too, I, I am shocked by You know, you get shocked by because it it's, uh, that would never pass in a movie nowadays. Obviously.
0: No, not at all. But also, like, doesn't, I feel like it's okay in those older films because in that case, it makes him even more deplorable like fucking 31 years later. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, E.J. sucks, like his buddy sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, who the fuck, what good, what good goddamn person would ever fucking step on a Snickers bar that's fucking
1: not even finished?
2: Yeah, what he says is, is dickish. You know
1: what else wouldn't go over today? Eat it, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> Let's hear it. What? Uh, the What we mentioned earlier, Rudy, Rudy always like smoking cigarettes. Oh, yeah at what in he's a middle schooler. Yeah. Well, no, he's <laughs> junior high. Rudy's junior, high. junior knows, high. Yeah, sorry.
2: Nobody really you don't know how old Rudy is throughout the entire movie anyway. You just know that he's He's a in
1: junior high, Eric.
2: A respected feared man.
0: And he lights fucking matches off his penny logo. You know
2: Ryan yeah. Lambert like I'm sure you've seen he always talks about the uh when he did what whatchamacallit, call it to get that role. He like rolled up uh
0: with a cigarette and think, I think I'm pretty sure he like talks about that. That's funny with, shit. Yeah, I, rem- I remember that.
2: Also, but I'm gonna talk about my favorite scene. I think if that's okay. Yeah,
1: yeah but we want to hear it. <laughs> the floor is uh,
2: it, well, there's so many great scenes, obviously, but my, my one of my favorite scenes is like the whole montage of um in the town square when Dracula sees. Uh, Phoebe with the amulet and he's walking towards her slowly and all these cops are running up and he's just fucking beating the shit out of all these cops. Oh, yeah. And then he finally gets the scary German guy and he shoots fucking random white light into his chest. Get the fuck out of here, scary German guy. <laughs> and then he grabs poor innocent Phoebe, picks her up, and gives her the classic give me the amulet, you bitch. And then he hisses at her. It's like the greatest... Uh, it really, great It
0: really is. And that, I yeah. love that scene where the green shining in his face and he's fucking like his eyes are bugging out and shit.
2: Yeah. Classic. Brian, you were saying?
1: Is Dracula the reason you're always hissing? You went you went through that hissing phase? <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I think it's just cuz I'm special.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. By the way, I'm changing my favorite scene to just the montage where they're getting ready to go into battle and rocket until you drop is plane. Rock, oh my god, that is fucking like. That's scene. Because I love a good montage to oh, an yeah. upbeat '80s song. Fuck yeah! So that's definitely my favorite scene.
0: Rudy's
1: my just st- Rudy's just making fucking stakes. He's fucking getting the
0: silver bullets, man. <laughs> well, yeah, well,
2: he's making silver bullets like at school too, which I find hilarious. Imagine. <laughs>
0: You think fucking like Mr. Gellert was showing him how to do it? Oh my God, Paul Gellert, would
2: be like, well, this is how you make these silver
1: bullets.
2: Here. <laughs> my my second favorite scene is when uh, Patrick's sister reads the German uh, stuff from the diary, and nothing happens. And he's like, "Are you?" And the scary German guy is like, "Are you sure she's a virgin?" Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Are you a virgin?" She's like,
0: "No." I smell like, a period.
2: Mean, no? And he's like, and she's like, "Well, Steve, but he doesn't count. He <laughs> <right> doesn't count." <laughs> doesn't
0: count. What's that kid's name again? The actor's name? Kyger? Yeah, Kiger. Robbie Kyger. He
2: does it's weird, you know why he now when we speak about him. He really doesn't do anything. Uh, I haven't seen anything from him. Weird. He's not he's not in the document, like uh, he's not in a part of the 20th anniversary stuff like the special features like he wasn't there for any of that. He's never and done and
0: a never, con. Yeah, he doesn't do
2: it. Um, we talked about had, that. Yeah, it it's just like, it's a Andre, shame. Ryan, even uh, Phoebe, like, her, the actress is Ashley Banks. She's done some stuff. The kid who plays Eugene is kind of around. Michael Faustino. Um, and uh, a lot of the people. Uh, John Grise. Can we talk about John Grise for a second? John Grise
0: is the Uncle fucking Rico. man. He is one of the most Bright underrated head. actors in all of cinema. In my Yeah, eyes.
2: he really is. Real talk about him Forget, day, uh,
0: Fucking Uncle Rico. He fucking. Fright, Fright Night 2. Fright Night 2. He plays the wolf again. <laughs> I know, fucking amazing. Uh, obviously, he was in, like, he was in fucking Seinfeld. Like, the dude has got, like, a hell of a fucking resume.
2: Yeah. He's in Taken with, uh, yeah. with Liam Neeson. Yeah.
0: movies. Which is funny, because Neeson, Neeson, you said, was fucking up for the, vamp, uh, the director yeah, role. Yeah, he
2: was, he was. He Apparently, he, like, actually, like, auditioned for it, but he didn't get it, so. No um, shit. I'd also like to take some time to dedicate this episode... To a fallen member of the Monster Squad, Mister Brent Shalem, A.K.A. Horace, who passed away in 1997 of
0: pneumonia. Yeah, which is terrible. I feel like, you know, um, it, it's sad that he uh, he died so young too, especially because he didn't live to see like how revered Monster Squad and his yeah. character, especially, is. Oh well, yeah, days. people
2: definitely think connect with his character, but he he really didn't do much acting outside of the Monster Squad. I actually looked it up. He he only did, like, I think he did, like, some TV show, and then he didn't really do much else, so, you know, unfortunately, yeah, passed away of pneumonia in
0: '97. so. Total, and, bitch. total shame, because he would have been, I think, uh, I think as all the cast members of that movie are, they're so pleasantly surprised when people are so fucking enamored and obsessed with this movie all these years later, I think, Ooh. uh, you know, he would have, uh, it would have been cool to see him enjoying it with the rest of the
1: fellow castmates. Of course, because, like, yeah. as you said, that movie totally flopped. Right. So, they probably didn't even know about it actually having fans until, right. like, the mid-2000s, early yeah. 2000s, mid-2000s. Yeah, like a, like, a lot of movies from back then.
0: And the Wolfman's got nards, that's fucking... That's him. You know what I mean. Right. That the yeah. whole the the biggest, most memorable line in the whole film is Horace's. Yeah, that's the Probably first not. thing
1: any almost anyone thinks of. When they and I like think like the, with,
2: that, with the new documentary that Gower's doing. I think maybe kind of shows a little bit of appreciation that he named it Wolfman Scott Nardz, and I think maybe that's kind of a little obviously a shout out to the scene, maybe a little shout out to him as well that he's not a part of it, but uh, definitely unfortunate. So
0: yeah, and it's uh, I mean and it's such a it still holds up so well and I think just like um, and I know people will debate this uh, every day but I think the Universal Monster films hold up as a whole like those are still fun to watch those are classic tales when people think of Dracula they think of Bela Lugosi when they think of Frankenstein's monster or you know they see the name or hear the name Frankenstein at all they think of Boris Karloff Uh, you know what I mean and uh it's uh and this is like a, a take on it and this movie I think is just as timeless as the original universal monster movies
2: yeah I think it holds up really well I think it's a movie that you could show anybody of, of almost any you know adult a, a child I mean to a certain extent I think I, like I said it's just a wonderful fun scary at times and you know for some people it's just a tremendous movie so
1: it's definitely yep. the best like attempt to reinvent the universal oh by monster far side. by far but i mean look at what it's up against van helsing <laughs> yeah tom cruise's the mummy
2: hey the second time I'm Listen, like, I right this now this is the second
1: time BT's trashed Tom Cruise. <laughs> in this moment, I am not bashing Tom Cruise. I needed to say that to specify which mummy I was talking about because honestly, the Brendan Fraser one's pretty fun.
2: I agree with that. So is the Tom Cruise one, but not another word. You haven't
1: seen <laughs> the Tom Cruise one.
2: Cool.
1: We'll talk about this later privately.
2: I saw in theaters.
1: <laughs> oh, cool. What'd you think?
2: We talked about this. I loved it, man. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Sorry. Anyway, but also, I mean, from,
2: uh, you know, with the amount of uh, love that the film's got, we've seen Mondo release four 7-inch records uh, for the film and uh, an LP for the film. And then countless uh, Mondo does a... Uh, Mondo did a couple of posters that you could buy on eBay right now for nine thousand dollars. If you want,
0: <laughs> what people, we we gotta talk about like uh, that too? And it's to so think, uh, people seem to think that these posters are
2: worth the uh, nine hundred ninety nine dollars ninety
0: nine cents. So <laughs> is it free know. shipping at least? Jesus, <laughs> I know. Cut me a break here. You uh, to, I mean, and, and it's sad that all that Mondo stuff is like that. And honestly, I know there's been a lot of. Uh, I mean, they're never going to listen to this, and they're never going to, like, promote this podcast, because I don't even think they promote bigger podcasts, so, uh, Mondo couldn't suck my ass, uh, fuck them. uh, all (laughs) their shit, like, oh, this went out of, this went out of print, or it's sold out in minutes, oh, yeah, well, why is a fucking something on eBay, literally for sale, in the same city that Mondo's fucking located in, an hour after it fucking supposedly sold out, You're fucking full of shit, and you're selling them, you're back peddling them out of your asshole, and for fucking triple the money to, it's sold out, it's super rare. Yeah, I mean, it's got Horace's fucking breath (laughs) captured inside it in a vial. Uh, Also, uh, someone,
2: uh, I'm missing one of my seven inch records, the Frankenstein's monster one. So if anybody finds it, could they let me know?
0: Where the fuck could that possibly be?
2: I'm talking, to my, I'm talking to the listeners, to whoever's listening. Just, if you find <laughs> it, let me know.
0: Yeah.
2: Because <laughs> it literally looks like someone, it just disappeared into thin air.
0: How the fuck do you, how do you lose that if you keep all your vinyl in the same fucking place?
2: I don't know. All the other ones are there, too. Like, the three other 7-inches are there. I just, I can't find that one, so. But that's a mystery for another time, so.
0: Well, I also have that one, so you can have mine, and I will gladly give it to you. No, I'll buy it. Don't fucking say that.
2: Anyway, what else do I got to add? (laughs) Glad they're not doing a remake. Favorite movie of all time. Love it. Watch it when I'm sad. Watch it when I'm happy. I've been watching it for years. Reminds me of my youth. It's the greatest movie in my life. And I love it. And if uh, Andre or Ryan ever want to hang out, give me a call.
0: (laughs) 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 Now... With uh, you know, what are your thoughts, Eric? Because I think we we touched on it, but we didn't hear much of your take on it, or anybody else's uh as much. Um, you know, what would be the thoughts if they did get a a Monster Squad reboot?
2: Honestly, I think I I just don't even know how they would even realistically do it. Like, I can't picture them doing it. Like because they're not going to use practical effects so would they use CGI? I could see it coming. I could see them redoing it as an animated movie. You know what I mean? I, how would I feel about it? I don't know.
0: I mean, like I said, an animated know, movie could be like way safer and
1: way way fun too though. If it was the yeah, same I mean, kind of animation it. as like Paranorman and Frankenweenie, that would be cool. That would be cool actually. That if anyone cool. out there is listening, you steal you, our idea, you're fucking done. <laughs> no, yeah, we're, we're um, if you are already remaking Monster Squad for whatever <laughs> reason, or are works to do it, we don't want real humans mixing with CGI. We just want like some stop motion.
2: Yeah, like I just couldn't picture him doing a live action. I would definitely be bummed, but like I said, I would also, I would be interested at the same time. But it depends on what the route they took was. Like I said, if they took that... Kinda of like a animated like paranormal, like like you said, like that vein of a movie. I think that could be really cool and that could translate really well and it's something that
1: would actually do probably better than the original movie did in theaters, sadly, but But I feel um, like if they did remake it, it would have the same tone of something like the Goosebumps movie with Jack Black. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, I can see that
2: too. Although I don't know how that movie did, but
1: the, Well I yeah, I didn't see it. I enjoyed it a lot. You enjoyed the, sec-
2: it, but. the second one that's coming out looks actually kind of cool. The Halloween one that's coming out this Which, year.
1: The second Goosebumps movie is pretty much a rehash of the first one. So I'll say that if they were to remake it I would have the same attitude I have with any remake nowadays. So I'll just keep an open mind because right. I've been surprised by a lot of remakes.
2: I mean, let's, let's face facts that pretty much everything has been remade, so I'm surprised they haven't remade, like, the Goonies yet, to be honest with you. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I sometimes when I hear they're remaking something, to me it's just, like, cool, we're getting a new, like, entry in this series. Like, I don't really think of it as a remake. I just think of mm-hmm. it as... Yeah. Right.
0: Now, here's a question, and I know they'd never do it just because nothing cool ever happens like this. Uh, if they were to do a sequel... And would have Andre Gower and Ryan Lambert in it as, you know, the main guys. Because the the Kyger kid is fucking M.I.A. And if you got fucking Banks back as Phoebe and stuff like that. And you could write a storyline that hopefully uh, his parents would be okay with. You know, the character of Horace has been killed by the monsters. And they are exacting their revenge upon them. I feel like that would be awesome. I mean, yeah,
2: I, mean, I guess that would be for that, yes.
0: But, but then again, I mean, no. I feel like no studio is like, oh, who the fuck? Like, studios are so disconnected, especially from, like, I mean, the horror community as a whole, anyway, just because they're the horror. Horror is still frowned upon, even though it makes money, even though these studios will bleed like a horror movie. Like, oh, you know, fucking paranormal activity made all this money. We got to do movies just like that. Like they don't really, they don't make movies to chance losing money. They only make movies that they are like pretty certain like they're the gonna same, do money. The yeah, the especially for horror, horror more than anything. they, they want to make sure that they're okay. We're definitely gonna make some money. I mean, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking when they do movies like the woods. Cause <laughs> come on, <laughs> they're the forest, whatever the fuck that was called. Yeah, that was terrible.
1: Oh, the fucking the Japanese suicide.
2: Court?
0: Yeah. Oh my god, it oh, was awful. I think, I think I you're right about that. Then
2: but it, we are seeing some better things like I mean Jessica Chastain signed on to do the, the new it movie so I think that's it, pretty
0: cool. Yeah, but look at how much money in order to get those bigger stars and for them to be like okay, like I'm down with that or their agents be like okay, if if guess what, if it was like moderately successful and they're like yeah, we'll do the sequel like uh you know, it has enough, we made enough money overseas like where it justifies us making the sequel. If it was like ju- like made good money but not like killed like it did cuz it killed in the box office for fucking right. ever. I feel like her agent would be like, "No, don't do it. Like it's not really like it's not really worth it." But because it fucking like killed in the box office, they're like, "Oh, yeah, this is going to be a good payday. The first one killed, this one's going to do even better. Right. Fuck yeah." So other than that like I don't think the actors probably in in actresses I don't think they get on board and get sold on it until they do it and they're like wow that's a great experience it's a cool character I kind of like doing horror like this horror movie is really fun but then part of me thinks like they don't give a fuck like it's all about the money so getting someone like that to sign on like is very cool but look at how much success it had to have to get Run. some of those bigger yeah. names
2: Can I just say to that Let's think about all these major gigantic actors. And everyone, I, I was thinking about this recently. So many people have had their hand in horror, like, maybe early in their career. Like, Tom Hanks did horror stuff, okay? Leonardo DiCaprio was in, what, Critters, Critters 3? 3. Critters 3. Critters uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt in Cutting Class. Like, everyone, you know, uh, Johnny Depp, obviously.
1: Never you. you
2: know, You know what I mean? Like, all these gigantic actors. Yeah. Have done, have done horror. So I don't understand why it has such a, like a negative stigma, but it's just unfortunate.
1: But. I mean, it doesn't... I mean, it really doesn't anymore. It changed in the late 90s. Jason
2: Alexander in The Burning?
1: You could already yeah. be famous and then star in a horror <laughs> movie.
0: Yeah, but now, like, you won't see them star in, like, a... Like a like, something that didn't, like, kill, like, it, like, they're not gonna well, be, right. like,
1: Jessica Chastain's not gonna show up in a movie like Truth or Dare, but,
0: well, yeah, even, yeah, even that, but, like, honestly, if John Carpenter was doing a film, like, a new film, and he's like, I want Jessica Chastain, they would be like, uh is it a Halloween film, mm-hmm. other than that, we don't really want her right. doing that, uh, because your name doesn't mean anything in Hollywood to us. Even though to you know, to us Carpenter's one of the greatest ever fucking step behind a camera. But to like the Hollywood bigwig, you know, Coke snorting fucking actress raping fucking people that call the shots in Hollywood, they don't give a fuck about John Carpenter. They don't give a fuck about George Romero. They didn't give a fuck about Wes Craven. Those guys had to fucking fight tooth and nail to get their movies made on their terms. Um, and then they were fucking ostracized because they didn't work within the Hollywood system as much as, you know, the bigger directors and they did horror films. So they fucking looked down upon them yet. Fucking last house on the left. Obviously it's a super brutal film, but it says so much about, you know, you know, like it, it has like a great story about, revenge and, and you know, deplorable acts and things like that. And then you have like movies that touch upon racial things that West did too, like West Craven, about, like, people under the st- stairs where the black community is, like, you know, fighting the downtrodden of their, of their ghettos and their society, trying to get ahead, and they're just being controlled by the fucking people who have more money and just are, don't have to worry about the financial burdens that they have to worry about in their communities, and, but people overlook those complete fucking, uh, like amazing messages that Wes Craven was trying to send, and they're just like, "Oh, he's just a horror director." No, you're a close-minded, money-grubbing fuckface, and fuck you, and you're the reason fucking horror movies have to fight tooth and nail for fucking respect. Well said, thank you. <laughs>
2: that was that
0: was a really good speech. We
2: got a little off track there, but I liked
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're just we're diving into you know because it's all it's all relative when you think about like you know why would a Monster Squad sequel not be made? You know what I mean? And like. There isn't like enough fanfare for them to be like, oh, it's a 290 million dollar movie like idea for us to reboot fucking uh to reboot Monster Squad. But then again, it was a it was a TV a T V right. mini series, so who knows, maybe.
2: Right. That's true.
0: But yeah, the Monster Squad. Uh I think we talked about this well, we talked about it in the uh, in the episode of Night of the Creeps, but you know, because Night of the Creeps came out a year before the Monster Squad and uh, on the stalls in Night of the Creeps when J.C. falls out of the uh, stall, it says, go Monster Squad, on the stall. Right. I think that was uh, that was very cool to see in there, especially now, because uh, that movie came out a year before Monster Squad, to see that now uh, mm-hmm. is, uh, is really fun as a fan yeah, of Fred Decker and both
1: films. They were probably already writing monsters. yeah Survivor, I'm, I'm sure had already written it by yeah the time they shot it. i'm pretty sure yeah and
2: they were like they were pretty much fully working on predator at that time too right so
0: yeah that's crazy actually they were he they were both busy guys in that right. area that, well, did yeah. fred
1: decker have anything to do with predator
2: i think I meant more like stan winston was doing like oh winston. yeah right
0: but did fred decker have anything to do with the original predator
2: i don't think so no i think it just no i don't think so
0: but he did yeah, he, he does was, with
1: the new predator which is awesome. Yes, that's what matters. And
0: and and, and I want to take a second to kind of talk about how great of a director and and great of a mind Fred Decker really is to and and if nothing else I mean we could talk about house as well but think you about these two back-to-back films.
1: I didn't realize until the other day how short his directing career really was. Yeah, yeah. Like he did those two movies he did an episode of Tales from the Crypt, yep. and then he did RoboCop three, yeah, which I guess was another bomb, right? And then I don't know if he just lost interest in directing, or if probably he more just money in writing. Honestly, job. like, does anyone know that? I,
0: I I don't know. I I know I've heard him on a couple different podcasts. I want to say he was on the Movie Crypt podcast, and I know he was on Mick Garris' podcast, um, so. But I don't know. I think I think the bombings of some of his films might have had an effect. But I mean, there's no denying that he's left an awesome mark in the film world, especially in the horror realm. Uh, making you know, it, it definitely two revered movies back to back in '86 and '87 with Night of the Creeps and Monster Squad. Like how amazing uh, those two those two films are, and how revered and what cult followings they have.
1: Do you think there's a chance that if The Predator does very well, maybe he'll think about directing again?
0: Uh, If anything, I think if The Predator does well, I think he'll be more apt to do even more writing. Yeah, I'd love to see him direct again. I would love it. I would love for him to do a fucking new horror film in 2019, 2020. I'd love it. I back it. So, Fred, if you're listening... You're not, but if you ever do, you should fucking you should direct a, a new horror
2: film. Come on the podcast. Or a new yeah, film come of, on the podcast. A new bro.
1: film of any kind, actually, but horror is obviously our our favorite, our forte. Yes. But, Romantic yeah, but. Com- yeah, I'd watch a comedy that Fred Decker did. I'd watch an action movie. Hell yes, I'd watch a drama. He gets pretty emotional. Some pretty emotional shit in his movies. And yeah, it's good. But horror.
0: So, final thoughts on uh, the Monster Squad here. Yeah, like I said, Oh,
1: monster. should I... Oh, oh.
2: Go ahead, you
1: go. <laughs> My final thoughts on the Monster Squad are that I love it, but you definitely introduced me to it. You are definitely a bigger fan than I am and have way more knowledge... So I feel like I can't I can't say anything right now that hasn't already been said by someone else, but I love the movie. And it's one of my favorites. There you go. Sean. Like I said earlier, this is like... Monster, Squ- uh, Monster Squad during Halloween time is like Christmas vacation to me during Christmas. Like, I watched this multiple times like, lead up to Halloween. Monster Squad was robbed. It should have made millions of dollars. And it should have had an animated series based off of...
0: It would be amazing to see an animated series, but... Uh, Eric, final Monster Squad thoughts on your favorite movie of all time.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, just that. Favorite movie of all time. I love it so much. I wish I was old enough to go to the theaters to see it, because I would have been one of the seven people in the theater, that's for sure. Um, I think it's unfortunate how... It came out like that with a, as a bust, but I think it's great that it's gotten a lot of steam and people are starting to see it. And um, Yeah, like I said, if anybody hasn't seen it, they should definitely check it out. Super fun. Super, just like I said, the greatest movie of all time. I Rest in peace, Horace.
0: What? Rest in peace, Horace. Uh, I will say this. I know for a fact that uh, it's a movie that I think not only resonates with young the younger crowd of the younger crowd of children you know 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 18 years old and up um you know I'm 30 years old and I watch this movie and I still get giddy I still think about being a little kid I still it brings you back to that time being with you know friends and, and especially for us who, who find our, our biggest comforts in friends and like movies and, and specifically horror, uh it's a timeless film. It's an ageless film. I feel like in another twenty years I'll be able to watch it and I'll think of, you know, the mid nineties when I first found it and uh, all those feelings will always stay with us all for the sense of nostalgia that it has, but uh, you know, the escapism that these movies really do give us and how great uh something like the Monster Squad can be for us cuz we're all of course we're all we all love the Goonies and stuff but then you know the Monster Squad is like is our film it was made for us it wasn't Monster Squad was made for people like us 100% it's our movie Exactly right, so. and we can't do anything but praise uh, the people that helped get it made, all the actors that made it what it was, and, and Fred Decker for uh, bringing it to life. And uh, thank you, Fred. Thanks, Fred. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and like I said, uh, hopefully, I get to check out that documentary soon. But I know it's playing in, like other major cities, so if anybody wants to check, it's squaddoc.com. And just watch the trailer, too, because the trailer is really, really cool.
0: Alright that that about wraps it up We are going to touch on real quick Some stuff that we got upcoming For the podcast Um, Within the next uh, few weeks We are going to start canning episodes For our Halloween Franchise we're going to be doing A lot of them All of them We're going to be doing all of them We're going to be diving into every single Halloween film And releasing them Probably two per episode And it's going to be pretty fucking awesome I cannot wait for that. And also, we're going to be diving into some more Stephen King film adaptations. Now, on the Night of the Creeps episode, we were talking about doing... Uh, are you all right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we were talking about doing uh, perhaps uh, Sometimes They Come Back. Uh, and also, uh, I know I just recently dove back into the book, The Dark Half, but I'm also diving into uh, the movie as well because I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, so we're going to have to dig into some, uh, Stephen King adaptations for future podcast episodes, near future. Next few episodes may even be some Stephen King film, film adaptations. What do you say, boys? Maybe you let me talk about Carrie next time. Definitely. Really? Maybe. (laughs) But yeah, dark half. Sometimes they come back. Those are two that immediately pop off my head. I would love to talk uh, the dark half definitely. Fuck yeah! So uh, yeah, that'll that'll just about do it. If you do have a second, go check out Eric and Mind uh, T-shirt Apparel. Uh, ooh, what the fuck was that? Soon to be stickers. Soon to be stickers company No Light. It's underscore No Light underscore on Instagram. Um, and you can check us out there, and the link. To our stores in the bio uh, we will have more shirts but right now we have a Curse of Ramon shirt that was also helped uh, we ha- got help creating that with uh, Mr. Lewis Smith you saw on the Night of the Creeps episode or heard on the Night of the Creeps episode just prior to this one and he's also been on the podcast before obviously and Eric and I uh, do, uh, do the No Light thing and uh, it's you know music and horror movie uh, related stuff and uh, Maybe diving into some other stuff. So, if you want to go to on Instagram, underscore no light underscore, we have a store in the bio, uh, link in the bio to our store. Uh, go check that out. If you're not uh, a cheap fuck, you should go purchase a t shirt. Print it on pretty good quality stuff. It's a nice print and support people who print good shit. Uh, and go support this podcast at Media on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, rate and review on iTunes. Um, You can listen to us on iTunes, stream, listen, download on iTunes. Also on SoundCloud, you can stream and listen and download. Um, Let us know that you're there. Uh, Don't be silent. (laughs) What? Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Let us know you're there. Don't be silent. Too many of you have been silent. We see the downloads. We see the listens. What the fuck are you doing? Let us know you're fucking listening. We'll fucking talk to you. Maybe we'll throw you a fucking pen. We'll mail you a fucking pen or something, or a fucking sticker, or we'll, we'll fucking like blow you a kiss. Or maybe you're smart enough and you're well crafted enough to come on here and wax intellectual and talk really fucking fast, nonsensical about a lot of dumb horror movies. Then we can all have a fucking good time. Maybe you're gonna be a fucking calling guest sometime. Who the fuck knows? If you're silent, we're never gonna fucking know. So, hard Guy Media at hard Guy Media on Instagram on Twitter. This is the fucking hard Guy Media podcast, and these are my fucking friends. And we have this fucking podcast. These goddamn episodes are going to be weekly now. We're doing an episode every week. We're not fucking messing a week the rest of the year.
1: And that's how it is. Breathe, man.
0: <laughs> I got into a groove there. I felt good. I felt like I was in the fucking fast lane with the eagles.
2: You're spinning. I like it.
1: You were, you were doing real well. I just felt like... You felt I, good? I felt like it was dangerous. Like, if you kept oh, going yeah. longer, yeah, your, head it was, would, <laughs> your head would explode. Yeah. I was going to say something really fucked up. The whole podcast would have been shut down. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, you're going to have to tell me after what that was. Okay, perfect.
0: All right. I can't thank you gentlemen enough for, one, making us, uh, making uh, you know, being as an integral part of this podcast as anything uh, and making these conversations as fucking awesome as they are and doing as many episodes as I've uh, forced you to uh, be a part of. Uh, and how fucking awesome this has been And we're a year in Gents and it's been fucking awesome Enjoying the ride I love it And uh, many more to come So that is it for us And the Monster Squad And we shall see you next motherfucking week Love you guys The Monster Squad